to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast, your local business community resource. My name is Denise Heidel. Not only do I serve as your podcast host, but I'm also the executive director of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. On behalf of the Chamber, thank you for listening and for your support of the Chamber business community. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Denise Heidel. I am your podcast host, and this is the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about mission statements, or we're going to rename them here in just a moment, but I'm going to introduce you first to my guest. Um, I'm here with Kristen Johnson, who this year is serving as the VP of Education um, for the Board of Directors at the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And then we are also joined by Josh Wisney, um, who is a local EOS expert. Let's, Let's start with you, Josh. What is EOS? So what is EOS? EOS is uh, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And really, quite simply, it's just a way of running a business with simple tools. So when you, we believe that you know most entrepreneurs, most business owners wrestle with hundreds of things simultaneously. And uh, because of that chaos, really, we've learned that all you really need to do is strengthen six things. And so we help, uh, the Entrepreneurial Operating System helps you to really focus on those six things and strengthen each of those six things that we call the six key components of a business. And uh, that's what EOS does. So I help people um, manage that through six key components. Wonderful. And I know that 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 method is just an incredible method. And we've invited you, of course, to speak at the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce in January. So you're going to be explaining that a little bit more to those who are in attendance. And I know that there's going to be a lot of great takeaways from that. We're going to take a quick pause from today's podcast to recognize one of our sponsors, Marzano Capital Group. Hi, this is Mike McGilvery, financial advisor and partner at Marzano Capital Group in Clemens. We are privileged to serve this great community, and we strive to help our clients by building wealth management plans tailored to their specific goals. Consistent client communication is the cornerstone of our process, and we hope to add value to your financial planning needs. Once again, thank you to Marzano Capital Group for their support of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And now, let's get back to the podcast. So, Kristen, I think everybody knows you. But Hello. Yes, 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 yes. I hope so. Well, I'm Kristen Johnson, and I am serving on the Louisville Clemens Board this year as the VP of Education, which really means that I was selected to select really great speakers for the year and you know no one wants to sit in on a boring meeting so we did not select boring people we have awesome speakers this year and our friend josh is one of them and he's going to kick off our year and i'm personally excited because i think i might be part of a business that could personally benefit from his services so tell us a little bit more so, well, just a little bit more about me, maybe personally. Um, I've been married to my bride, Christy, for about 26 years this year and have five kids. Congratulations. Yep. So, yeah. 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 And they range from 21 to 11. So it's a lot of fun. And for those of you who can't see him, which are none of you, he's he's dressed very well. He looks put together, not frazzled. I'm, I'm impressed. But the, you also can't see the gray hair and the beard <laughs> and getting gray. So it is. But that's nothing to do with my family. It's just me. That's just me. It's wisdom. Lots of wisdom. You seem very Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we're going to be talking about mission statements, but before we started, you said you don't use the term mission statement. I know that's the the kind of the general population term. What do you call a mission statement? 
Well, what's interesting is I feel like there's been 50 to 100 different ways we talk about it, right? We talk right. about mission statement, vision statement. We, we talk about the hedgehog concept is one. What's your voice? I mean, there's all these things. And so yeah, I apologize for doing a whole nother, telling you a whole nother group of words, but we call it core focus, core focus, because like it, it comes from your core. And the trick is, and the reason why we have some sort of mission or some statement Mm -hmm. is the trick is to stay actually focused on it. So you don't get distracted by things that are, you know, distract you from your mission. So that's the idea of core focus. I like that, that, that core focus, that is really, it's the heart of what you do. Absolutely. So why does a company need a core focus? Well, I, I mean, I think for the first reason that I said is there are so many shiny things that distract us in business, new opportunities, um, new things, changes we want to make. And sometimes we miss if we don't stay and stay focused on what we're actually about, what we love to do and we're best at. That's what our mission should be, right? What we love to do and we're best at. And so if we if we start to get distracted because, oh, I can make some more money here or I can have some more influence there you end up to get off course. And so a core focus, a mission statement will keep you focused on that. So when I hear a mission statement, the term mission statement, I think something that's more forward facing, maybe client facing, maybe it's it says in a nutshell what your business does and maybe it is a part of your marketing. But when I hear a core focus, to me, it seems a little bit more intimate. And so are those two terms actually synonymous? Is a core focus something that you share with the public? Or is that more internally shared by your team? That is a great question. I think it can be, but it's not primarily for that purpose because a lot of people don't necessarily care what your mission is. They're more of how you can help them or what products you offer them or how you can guide them, not why you're doing it. But we really consider this as an internal filter. So when you're looking at everything that you're trying to do, business decisions you're making, does it fit that core focus? If it does not, we need to push it off to the side, maybe wait for it later or have someone else think about it and we're going to stay focused. So it's really an internal filtering mechanism first. And then, hey, if you like it and it sounds good and it can invite other people, because we want even our clients to be part of our mission, but it's not necessarily for that. It's not supposed to be flashy. Mm-hmm. It's supposed it's to make sense and meet your core. It's what drives your business. Exactly. Yes. Well, to bounce off of what Kristen just said, what I what I like about the sound of the core focus over the mission statement is that it it does have more of that internal um, ring to it, um, that internal driver. Yes. But a mission statement, I mean, how many companies write a, a flowery mission statement and they throw it up on their website and then they never look at it again? Absolutely. A core focus it really invites you to keep looking at it. Just by terms of the, the definition that you gave us, it just feels like that would be a... Um, a roadmap kind of feel to it over a mission statement that is just a blanket umbrella that you're you're hoping covers your business. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's why we want it to be really clear and be compelling for those mm-hmm. who are working in that business. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to, to identify with it and want to be on board. And, and really, we think core focus has two parts to it. Mm-hmm. One is what is really your purpose? Mm-hmm. What is your cause? What is your passion? Right? And that Sometimes when you write that part of your core focus, no one really knows what you do yet. It's the why question. Why do I get up in the morning? Why do I stay late? Why don't I working on this? Why don't I just stop? Well, that you have to answer that question first. And then the second part of a core focus is what we do, kind of your niche or niche, depending if you're very cultured or not. I don't know how you well, say I that. Do you know your list? 
so cultured. Well, then I probably spoke and wrong and called it a niche. I call it a niche. <laughs> yeah, well, but I'm maybe it's a niche and I should put my pinky up or something. Like that. <laughs> I'm planning something this weekend called a gala. Oh my goodness. Well, I don't I've never I've never been invited to one of those galas or galas. I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> so come on, read the room. Know your audience. It's a niche. It's a <laughs> and niche. it's a gala. And it's a gala. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for that correction. I learned something today. I did too. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you know, I, I came, I hope I don't open up a can of worms on this one, but I went to Appalachian state. Can I get some cheers maybe? Absolutely. No? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think my degree actually was in health promotion, wellness, exercise, and, and really the, the degree itself encompasses the overall art, you know, the overall art of health wellness. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of feel like a core focus does that it's the overall arch but then you dive into what does wellness actually mean what kind of program what kind of person are you so what kind of program will you follow are you going to be more dietary based or more exercise based or the combination of both and i feel like a core focus is wellness for a business to where you come in and say hey what's the culture of this team what do we do internally with the team to make sure that we're outwardly very healthy as a business is that pretty no, I love the analogy. I mean, I think it's very much about health because it is it's ultimately, again, when you have a bad day, why do you why do you come back the next day? Well, your core focus, the why you do what you do and then what you do, that's what you need to be focused on. And so it, it absolutely is. It's a pulse on the health. And it's it's something that comes from our core. Oftentimes it should bring emotion to us. Like you like you were saying, Denise, it's like when you put it on a wall and it's just out there and no one actually lives by it. Everybody can smell that, see that. They yes. don't want to be a part of that. In fact, they probably don't want to do business with you because you're actually not living by your word. But if it's something that you wake up every day thinking about, mm -hmm. and then you say, okay, how can I accomplish that purpose with my niche, which with my focused, um, my biz, the business, the product I deliver, the service I provide. Yes, it overall says I have a healthy company when I'm doing that. That's why it's the first thing that you look at when you make any business decision is, does it fit my core focus? Is it, does it keep me on mission? If it does not, then you need to let it go as great as it could be. Let it go. And it just seems like in a, a company that might be new and getting their footing or old and needs a breath of life, it just kind of seems like it's that breath. It really. is. It is. A good start. Absolutely. Yeah. My wheels are going here because, you know, you know, you used your analogy from your degree and, you know, I'm also a writer. So from, from me, from a writing perspective, sometimes you may write the most eloquent, beautiful sentence in the whole wide world, but if it does not fit, you have to kill it. Yes. And, you know, and it hurts sometimes to pull that because you're, you can think in your mind, this is like my magnum opus of my sentences <laughs> of all the sentences I've ever written. This is the greatest one ever, but it does not fit here. So it has to leave. And that hurts. <laughs> it sure does. It is hard to cut something. You know, you're putting a talk together and you're going to share this great analogy and you got this great story, but it actually, at the end of the day, doesn't yes. help, doesn't help. But I'm still going to tell this story because it's my favorite story. Like, yes, we just got to say it doesn't fit the filter. Exactly. So what are the elements that a good core focus should include? Yeah, that's a, that's great. And, and again, I would, I would pull that core focus to say there's two parts, right? So, so first there's that passion or cause 
that that's your your purpose. And those all actually even have different, you know, meanings. A cause kind of is something that you fight for, right? And passion is what you die for. Purpose is why you get up and what what drives you. Um, so you've got to kind of resonate first with that why question. So first is asking that why. And I would say of that, it needs to be very short. It needs to, you know, ignite passion. It needs to just be in a few words, three to seven words that really just hit people at the core. Again, it's that core focus. Um, it also, I think it's got to be beyond money. It's got to be something that goes. And again, it doesn't even, that first part doesn't even necessarily describe what you do. You really have to tap into the core or it's meaningless. It'll be meaningless for you and anybody else who's a part of it. So that's the first part. I'm going to put you on a spot. Okay. Can you give us an example of a company where their core focus and what they actually do may seem to be unrelated, but at the same time, it's like, it makes perfect sense. And I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to think of a couple, I have a, I have a list of companies and their marketing slogans. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me pull this up real quick. Um, Well, I think as you're pulling up, I can give you a couple of them. Yeah. So here's, here's some that I would think is interesting. So um, if I said the the core focus, as far as the purpose of this company mm-hmm. is to give unlimited opportunity to women, mm-hmm. what would you think they do? To give unlimited opportunity to women? That's their cause. That's their passion. They want to give unlimited opportunity for women. I don't know. I have no idea either. It's Mary Kay Cosmetics. That's what that's what it is. Their their purpose is not to sell stuff to make you pretty on the outside or look good. It's actually empowering opportunity. That's what it's for. That's what they do. That's just the vehicle by which to get with with um, their customers and their clients and to have business opportunities and things. But at the end of the day, it's opportunity. The vehicle's a pink Cadillac. That's it. Yeah, it <laughs> I is. Mean, let's get- <laughs> and yeah, I mean that's going to be the bonus at the end of it. But but that's the idea. Or here's another one. What about to make people happy? I mean, That's their yeah. What do you think they do? What do you think this business does? Well, I mean, the, the first thing that came to my head is Disney. That's actually it. Is it? Disney's. And see, here, that's so fascinating that you can guess that because if you experience Disney. I've never been to Disney. You've never been to Disney, but you've seen Disney movies. Well, and I actually just had a conversation with my um, family this morning that we need to get there soon. So I have two children, five and six, and I think we're ready for that. You're about there. We, we can talk about that this to the side, okay. whether or not that age group is perfect for that. But the goal, the goal of that, I just, I just, it's a very expensive trip. Yes. But what I, what I love is that you even know, even without experiencing because of their, the, what they, how they do what they do at the end of the day, what Walt Disney wanted was for people to be happy. Well, you just want them to be happy. And so how do they do it? Through theme parks, through movies, through stories, through fun things, you know, through Mickey Mouse ears, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's to make people happy. So that's those are some examples mm-hmm. of things you wouldn't necessarily put one to one. I have a client particularly. It's to um, give people peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Do you what have a guess on that? I think I know. What? Oh. They're... Um... What do you you say first? What do you have on? I don't. I don't have a clue. I feel like they're financial advisors. Close insurance. Okay. Right, because that's going to give you. That's how they deliver it. But they provide all sorts of things. So their client, at the end of the day, they can lay in bed and and rest and sleep, knowing that their client feels like they have peace of mind because they're able to lay in their bed and have peace of mind. Mm-hmm. That's. But it ignites their passion. 
And so they use those, pro- they're not like all excited about insurance products, but that's the vehicle by which they can fulfill that. Well, as we're talking about this, you know, I, I go two doors down over here to Be Kind Coffee. And I remember vividly when I first met with um, Amanda and Natalie, they, they talked about, you know, Be Kind. What does that have to do with coffee? But that's the mission that they that they wanted to live by. That's their core value, yes. their core focus. And they said coffee is just the vehicle we're using to get there. Mm-hmm. And there you go. so I think they're a great example. Great example. It um, is. It is. And I, a little plug for those those guys over there. I mean, can you get better coffee? I, I don't know where. <laughs> and they are the kindest people. It it's really real. does. I mean, they have a ripple effect in this community that that's great by living out that core value that's, yeah that's a great example yeah uh that that's really interesting so yeah the 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 elements of a good core focus really get to the heart of it even if it's not really an obvious answer that's right and and i think so that leads us to the second part so now it's what do you do okay. right and and that what do you do side is got to be super simple Right. It can't be confusing. Again, you're not focused um, right now on outward marketing. You want everyone in your organization to know what you do. So when they have their elevator pitch opportunity, they know exactly what it is. So give a couple examples here that I often give the clients is Orville Redenbacher. What do you think their niche is? Popcorn. That's it. There's no sentence. It's a word. Mm -hmm. It's all they do. They don't do anything else. Think about um, Kimberly Clark, this very large organization. If you go back in the story, and I think it's in the book, Good to Great, talks about how they they actually had mills and the consumer products division, but it was too diversified. So they sold all the mills, which were money producing, so they could focus on consumer products. And so that's how they do is paper-based consumer products. And what happened? They boom, because they're focused now on their particular niche instead of trying to be two things. Even though, yes, you could relate them, even though, yes, that might end up getting some of your um, core focus, uh, it really, they realized it was actually a distraction for them fulfilling what they were there to do. Yeah, I've actually heard several um, people speak on this um, at a past conference that sometimes you have to tighten the belt of what you offer, because if you're trying to be everything to everybody, you're watering yourself down. Whereas if you just say, no, I don't do that anymore. And you tighten things up and you say, I'm going to focus here on this niche um, to um, really perfect it and to be really, really good at it. You can actually end up making more money when you limit yourself within that scope of one focus yes. versus trying to do 20 different things. hundred uh, percent. And I have this great story. There, there's a book called Prosperous Coach. And it just talks about talking, um, having a coaching business and, um, he talks about the the um, value of limitation. And so he, he tells a story about a, a stamp collector who had an, a, a really fine stamp and there was two in the world. And he searched all over to find that second stamp, finally found it and purchased it. The first thing he did was burn it because that one stamp by itself was worth more than those two stamps combined. And I think that's part of what we understand, we need to understand is we're only human with human limitations. And when we limit that, what we do, we actually have a little bit more power because and the more value we can provide because we're not so spread thin. I don't offer a bunch of things to people. I offer EOS. I want them to learn and understand this, this um, operating system, the way you run a business. And I want to focus there. And so I want them to get, but I do this one thing. And, you know, and listening to you talk, I've had several conversations with you at this point. And every time I hear you talk about EOS, I just feel so hopeful 
and optimistic and excited about how to integrate all of your ideas and your wisdom into what I do. Cause I just, I just, your passion is very contagious. It's so true. And and it really is. It's that, that breath of life again, just thinking about it. But then when you kind of get away from the flowery vision of the breath of life, then all of a sudden what you're offering is a really simple, easier, I'm not going to call anything easy because anything that, you. that you know invokes change is difficult. And we know that we are human, right? but uh, a, a more simplistic way of doing something that could be very daunting to a lot of people. I think that, that, that you presenting it in a passionate and concise way is, is what is going to attract businesses to you that feel like they may be in need of that breath. Absolutely. And I, I will tell you, I mean, this, the passion is mine. EOS is not mine, right? I just I just do that. And the reason I have such passion is I was a client. And so I actually saw that change the way I ran the, the, the business that I was running, the part of the business I was running in operations and how my team learned how to fight, not just fight with each other, but fight well for a greater good. And and actually, one of the first thoughts that I had is, this, where's it been in other areas of my life? Other organizations I've been a part of where you just have clarity and consistency and and all those things. Our, our logo is a light bulb. And it's like, because this light bulb came out. So my passion actually comes from my experience. I tell people, especially when I'm implementing with them and we're ha- we do full day sessions, I say, you know, I talk fast. Part of the reason I talk fast is I'm from the Midwest and I just do. The other reason I'm just super excited. <laughs> it's like, but I believe I believe that because I've been a beneficiary of that. And that's why I left what I did before and focused just on helping people. Because um, it's really fun to see people finally engage. When my clients work on their core focus and get emotional, like mm-hmm. this is why they started the business. The business has been running them for the last couple of years, but all of a sudden they stick, they go back and they say, why did I do this? And the, the business owner, she might say, it's because of this. And all of a sudden emotion comes. I'm like, we've got it. That's why. Well, how do we keep doing that? How do you get that by being focused on what you do? It's really, really amazing. You're a marriage counselor. For <laughs> right. But I mean, really, like, why did you meet each other? Why did you like each other to begin with? Let's tell the story. Why did you do this? Exactly. Why did you come here? That's awesome. You must have so much fun watching light bulbs go off over people's heads all the time. It is a riot. Just, you know, coming off of of Thanksgiving, we're recording this around the Thanksgiving time. And and my wife and I, as we were driving up with our kids to, to, um, to visit family, we're just full of gratitude. It's fun to be able to, because it's kind of almost a holy moment when you're with people and they're entrusting you to help them. And then they're letting you into their life of why this thing is going or why it's not going well right now. And a lot of times it's because they forgot why they started or they forgot why they show up and they're just done because it's become about money. It's become about all these things that actually aren't the most important thing. Money is a byproduct, hopefully. If you have a good business, it'll be hopefully a byproduct. But it's not the what drives you. If it's if it what drives you, it will always disappoint you. Right. Yes. Because there's never going to be enough. And there's always more. Yeah. And there's thing, you know, it's like a stamp. It's a second trying to get to it. Yes. Let's go out and burn dollars in the parking lot. I think that might get you in trouble. I think that might get you in trouble. But hey. I've got a lighter somewhere. (laughs) Federal government showed up at your door. We're just just kidding. We're just kidding, everybody. This will be edited. (laughs) Kristen was never at this podcast. (laughs) So how do we take... A, okay, let's take an existing business. And I'm 
you know, it's been around for years and it's been kind of dysfunctional. Um, how do you, how do you get somebody to, to start to identify their core focus that reflects the business that pulls everything back together? Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, some of that's just, you spend time together and this is really critical. You spend time together as a team. So this isn't just the founder of the owner telling their story. Now that's a compelling story, but the reason you have a team sitting around you and around a, a leadership team sitting around the table is they've joined the mission somewhere along the way for some reason too. And so it's really interesting is we go around and share what each of them think that purpose, that first part, that why. And it's fascinating because some of them have joined, usually there's a common theme for why they're all sitting around that table, not just the, the what they do for a living in, in the business but like why they're on in this business, why they've decided to get on this ship heading to this island. And so we, we discuss and talk and debate and then just start to see what see what sticks and um, start to articulate it, see what hits. And again, that emotion, if the emotion doesn't happen in some way, and I don't mean everybody needs to cry, but what I'm saying is if it doesn't hit you emotionally, it's not yet the core. And so we do that by discussion. There's a few different exercises, you know, I do with my clients for that. But um, that's the overarching thing is the team, the power of the team getting together and articulate their why, not just the leader's why. It usually stems from the leader, but it's not the only the leader alone. So I have a question about that. So let's say you're in a room of five people and three of them get on board with this. But the two guys that are sitting in the room aren't going to open up their emotional wallet to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You cannot crack these people. How do you, how do you do that? How do you engage the people that are not emotionally available at the beginning? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you give it time. Because I bet people are very protective, aren't they? Oh, hundred percent. You're coming in, you're sure. the outsider trying to figure out what's going on and you're digging around and they don't want these things to be unearthed. Sure. Uh, well, there's a couple things. If you give it time, sometimes they come around. So, and it, and again, I don't want to paint the picture of where, you know, we're braiding each other's hair and, you know, spending a lot of time with deep emotional things. I, what the idea is, is do they actually have, is there the reason they care? What's underneath there? Not just what do they do? You know, you often ask somebody, well, what, what do we, what's the first thing we ask somebody when we meet them? What do you do? Right. I mean, what a question. It's like, well, that's not who I am. I do something, but that shouldn't define my identity. So we're digging into identity things. So the point is, sometimes it comes around and you take time. This core focus actually for companies changes and morphs as they understand themselves more and more as they go. And we review this every year. We look at it, make sure we actually review it every quarter to make sure this is still us. Um, but we always can tweak it. But the other time, uh, the other result is sometimes they need to go. Those people actually aren't there. The reason they can't open up to that is they don't have a connection to the mission and they don't really have that um, there. And sometimes they're not, shouldn't be part of that team or can't be part of that team. And that's actually what we've uncovered is some of the reason they're struggling because the team isn't on the same page. So um, that's, those are a couple of ways that, or a couple of results of what happens when you start digging into that. So once you once you define your core focus, you you know that it's a reflection of the business. You've been having the round table with your leadership, getting all of your 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 decision makers mm -hmm. on on the same page. How do you then because obviously, you know, if you've got a company of 150 people, you're not gonna have 150 people in this meeting. But how do you start to disseminate and communicate that information down the line so that the core focus doesn't just stay here at the the, the top? but it starts to infiltrate 
the entire business. No, I'm so glad you asked that because that's the critical point is if we do all this great work as leaders and pat ourselves on the back that we're all on the same page and we've all had these connections, maybe even emotionally, and we don't tell anybody outside that room, it's worthless. It needs to get every, it needs to be compelling for everybody to be on, on the same page. So I, it's very simple. Just tell them, tell other people. So we say at least get it, get your whole entire company in a room at least quarterly, give a quarterly state of the company. This is how we're doing. This is where we've been. This is where we are. This is where we're going. And part of that should be continuing to compel um, that vision in front of people, because that this is really what we're talking about. This is a component of vision, right? Where we're going. This is who we are at our core, what we love to do and our best at. And so when we think about that, we want to be able to tell people and that will give them an indicator to understand if whether or not they're really part of this, right? Some people may be struggling and not know that. And here's here's what we've come to find out. I mean, it's pretty scientific. You got to hear something seven times before you hear it the first time. And so that means if you only talk to them quarterly, it's a year and a half before anybody even heard this phrase. So you, there's other ways of, of doing this through conversations you have with your employees, through you know one-on-ones when you're hiring, you're talking about this. And maybe you do want it on a wall, but again, for your internal people, as long as you're going to live by it and you want to keep reinforcing that, you want to you want to do things like um, explain it with stories. Uh, tell them maybe tell the founding story uh but those uh, those ideas are there those are ways of cascading that down but it's a critical point that you bring up denise a critical point that everyone in your organization is behind it and wants to be part of it so as i guess the leadership team if you will you're picking those people those people have been selected within your organization to disseminate information and so if you get your leadership team on board, then I guess the the trickle down into the the culture of the event. It's it, or not the event, the the culture of what you're trying to do. I assume that those are your leaders. I mean that your leadership team is now leading in a new direction too, in a new way with new breath. A hundred percent. And you know the we define a leadership team as the major functions of the organization. Mm-hmm. And so those are the ones that are driving those major functions, whether it's sales and marketing, whether it's operations, whether it's finance, HR, IT, whatever it is. And yes, and what, what's unique about what I do is I only work with leadership teams because unlike a consultant who wants to come in and potentially you know, do um, get into this department, this department, I want the leadership teams to be varsity level at running their business. And then I want them to cascade that down because it comes from them. It doesn't come from an outside source. All I'm doing is trying to draw what's there. You're, it's you're there. Coaches. That's it. That's what I'm doing. And so I want them to be strong in that. And so it takes time and I'm there for them. Typically a couple of years, I help them over a few quarters, but the goal is for, for autonomy, for this company to run. I'm putting, I'm, in, I'm helping them. And that's why we call it an operating system. It's a way of running a business mm-hmm. and I want them to be strong in that. And so I, help them do that. But at the end of the day, you're right. If, if that doesn't work, if that leadership team aren't those leaders, again, we need a different leader. Got it. Yep. Got it. So as we're talking about communicating this down and getting everybody on, on board, rowing in the same direction with the core focus, um, how can we how can we talk about that? Because, you know, you we're talking about, you know, changes, getting everybody in, in, in on board. And I know a lot of that has to do with making sure that the right people are in the right seat. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap this, this particular episode um, up, because I know we've got a second one we're going to record, um, the core focus, how do we make sure that everybody on the, on the, um, on the team level 
is on board? How do we how do we address those to make sure we have the right people in the right seat? Well, I think you're getting into some some other tools that we have to do that. The core focus isn't everything, right? The core focus is a, one part of the vision, which is the filtering mechanism for the business, right? That we're doing the right things to, to get us where we want to go. But I think to, to say a little bit more generally, again, I would just go back to have conversations. So oftentimes that we, we have these tools and we're just like, this is what we're doing, or this is the, the new rules. But we don't have conversations. We don't get feedback from people. We don't understand what our, how our employees resonate. One of the reasons why I say the core focus can kind of shift, at least the wording of it over time, is when you start to cascade this down, you start hearing from your people, well, well, this is why I joined the team. This is what I feel. This is what I see. And you start to really round that out. And again, the people who aren't through those conversations will maybe be encouraged to find a different place or the, themselves go, that's why I can't stand it here. That's not my that's not my mission. I'm just, I don't get excited about that. I'm like, well, okay, great. Well, how can we help you find a place? Because they're not bad people or they're not, no, they don't have a bad mission. It's just not that mission. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. We've just demonized the fact that everybody shouldn't work at the same place. There's a lot, diversity is beautiful, right? We want different things. And so if they can't get on the board with that mission, let's help them find a place they can. Right. Well, this has been a great conversation. I love that we've we've transitioned this from an episode about your mission statement to an episode about your core focus. And I know there's so much more we can learn from you, Josh, and we are very thankful for you coming on and, and speaking with us and talking about all of this today. Anything else from you, Kristen, before we wrap this episode up? No, I'm wondering how many times we said the word niche, because if it's in seven, <laughs> if it's seven, it's again. I, I still haven't it's... heard it for the first time. I don't think yet. Okay. So okay. Maybe a couple more times should we throw that in the episode? Maybe. <laughs> it could be right. niche. Could be niche. <laughs> I think it's niche. It could be niche though. <laughs> Josh, this has been awesome. I'm I'm personally very excited, especially I mean, I've taken a full page of notes and so you, you guys can't see me, but I'm now more motivated, uh, even just by this simple conversation. So thank you. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of today's conversation. So everybody, um, lots to look forward to from Josh. And um, until the next episode, I hope you have a great day. Make sure you're subscribed and we will connect with you next time. Once again, thank you for listening to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. The Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce is a member-focused business community. I invite you to learn more about the chamber by visiting our website, louisville-clemens.com. And while we're in the world of audio, it's time for the fine print. Everyone has an opinion, but in this case, the views and the opinions stated in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors. So now that you've been appropriately advised, let me remind you that this podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of the Louisville Clements Chamber of Commerce.